when I lay my head down at night, I try to get a solid eight hours of sleep because I cannot afford to be so exhausted that my brain isn't working properly. And I'm also drinking lots of liquids and trying to eat well because we all have to be healthy. In addition, our minds need to be super sharp. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. And we want to do that in a number of ways, especially in this time when economic uncertainty, um, the status of people's health is in question. We want to be here and give you all the resources we have available to help you as an organizational leader manage your team and make it through on the other side better and stronger than ever before. So if you want to get a hold of our show, if you're looking to get a question answered, uh, maybe you have a guest that would be great, um, a resource that other leaders can learn from, shoot us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. So obviously we are all in an uncertain time. Uh, Never before have we as a country or even as a world um, been crippled by a virus that has taken out uh, a lot of businesses, a lot of you know, family members are, are in, in crisis of not knowing what to do. You know, there's a lot of confusion and fear and uncertainty in this time. And um, we understand because, you know, we are feeling it too. Um, and so on this episode, we have the honor of sitting down with Madam Deputy Mayor of Economic Development for the City of Indianapolis, Angela Smith. Angela, I just want to welcome you to the ROI podcast. Thank you very much, Matt. It's my honor and pleasure to be here with you. So let's start off. I want to hear, you know, from you because uh, first off, our whole mission is we want to help organizational leaders uh, become better, become stronger, to develop their leadership style and learn principles um, through especially really hard times. So uh, just, just for you as a leader, someone who's at the front lines at a public level, what is it like being uh, in the leadership role during a you know pandemic such as this? Well, it is extremely intense. So I am an extremely busy person, usually going from meeting to meeting and interacting with people um, on a face-to-face and in-person basis. Things have shifted from that, and now it's extremely intense. I literally have to be on um, my laptop or my phone reading emails at every moment checking text messages because those of us around the city, be it city leadership or community or business leadership, are collaborating and communicating in a very intense um, and intentional way so that we can pull together to provide the best services under these conditions to all of our Marion County and Indianapolis residents. And it's not like you can just at five o'clock, you know, go home and, and shut it off because, you know, especially being in, in the public sector, this this is something that it is 24-7. It is around the clock. So how do you as a leader um, energize yourself and how do you also find ways to be able to recharge yourself? Maybe that other leaders in their various industries are maybe struggling to do right now. So I am an eternal optimist, and I've actually been energized to know that the decisions that we are working to make 
really, really impact every single human being in our city um, in the most critical and humanistic ways. And so that's actually very energizing. Um, the other thing I do is I've actually really been trying to get good, solid sleep. When I lay my head down at night, I try to get a solid eight hours of sleep because I cannot afford to be so exhausted that my brain isn't working properly. Um, and I'm also drinking lots of liquids and trying to eat well because we all have to be healthy um, in light of this virus. In addition, our minds need to be super sharp so that we can be more creative and thinking of options of ways to deliver services for our residents. And I want to talk to you about um, just as a as a whole, uh, we're seeing organizations really not certain what's happening, especially in industries like um, uh, hospitality, uh, restaurant, tourism. You know, a lot of these interpersonal relying on face-to-face interaction kind of industries are really starting to uh, feel some of the brunt of a lot of these restrictions and recommendations, both from uh, state government, national government, CDC. So what are, what are you doing as a city uh, to help organizations not only remain safe, but also, you know, to try to protect them and, and their, um, you know, where they're going as an organization? So the most important thing is that everyone remain healthy. So the mayor is working extremely closely with the governor and the um, State Department of Health and the Marion County Department of Health. So that's the most important priority, period. Um, Secondarily, with regard to the economy and businesses, we are, because of our city, the way we're set up, we are so collaborative. This is a time for those who have extremely creative ideas to brainstorm and pitch those to any deputy mayor that you know and you have their contact information or another business leader to partner with you and be more creative in coming up with solutions on how we are able to provide additional supports for those in our city who are in the hospitality and tourism um, sectors. And I want to try to also clear up if there's any confusion out there um, outside of some of the, you know, state policies, especially, you know, I think today the the governor just announced that he would like to enforce some sort of a a lockdown or a um, everyone stay home if you can. I mean, obviously, there's still if you got to be at work, go to work, you know, we're not shutting down sectors if we can help it, but we also want to take precautions. Um, Is there anything else within the Indianapolis, you know, mayor's office that you all are working on to enhance some of those policies or any other policies of your own that people can look out for? Yes. So actually the city has created a webpage that is an ever-changing because we are really in a very fluid time. So we have a webpage that I would like to share that's a critical point of contact. It is ndy.gov slash COVID, C-O-V-I-D. That is the number one resource for those of us in the Indianapolis area. That is being updated moment to moment, because I can say literally while I am talking with you now, Matt, the mayor may be making a decision that impacts our entire city. And it's impossible for all of us to know everything um, because it is so fluid. There is um, another resource and great partnership. Again, the ND Chamber has one. It is called um, the Rapid Response. So if you type in response.ndchamber.com, 
that is specifically geared towards um, employers and especially small businesses. The chamber membership is about 84, 85% small business. The backbone of any economy is the small business. And so with that in mind, the chamber was um, very brave and again, leading and offering this uh, service for small businesses to look into ways to support themselves during this economic time. So those are the top resources. As we go on, there's some other um, opportunities. You talked about the tourism industry, some other um, opportunities that business leaders have stepped up in offering ways to collaborate and support those in our community who are most greatly impacted. And just for all those listening, we will put a link in the show notes uh, for each of the website that Madam Deputy Mayor Angela Smith is referring to so you can get the most latest up to date um, on those. So be sure to check out uh, our show notes as well to be fine um, those links. So Madam Deputy Mayor, I, I also want to know for a lot of these organizational leaders, what can what advice would you offer them or encouragement would you offer them from a um, from where you sit in the mayor's office um, into what we can do? to get through this? So first, I would follow whatever direction comes from the mayor and the governor. They are encouraging people to stay home and work virtually. That's critically important to flatten the curve, right? So that fewer people are infected at a really high rate and stay extremely healthy. And so if there is a way to shift your business to a virtual operation, do that. The other thing, which is a little more creative, if you are in an industry or in sector where you can shift the space that you're utilizing in a way to either assist the healthcare provider, assist in developing or manufacturing materials that are needed, um, assist in childcare providing or something like that, I would encourage business leaders and owners to think a little more uniquely, what service do I typically provide? What are some of my strengths of my team members of the space where I'm currently operating? How can I provide a service to someone in need um, that I hadn't thought of in the past? So that's another great opportunity to talk about feeling good and giving you optimism to wake up and say, you know, we used to do X, we used to make sneakers, and now we're actually making masks for physicians and healthcare providers. So something like that, really thinking outside of the box are going to be great ways to stay motivated motivated and encouraged. And that's one thing that's been really fun to watch. You know, obviously there's, if you want to see and focus on the doom and gloom and the negative of a situation, it's easy to find, especially now. But yet we're, we're starting to see industries really rally together. I was talking with, you know, Phil just before we started recording, where we're watching a lot of industries volunteering their time, volunteering their efforts, volunteering even their production to really come together um, as a community, as a whole, and, you know, produce, like you were saying, ventilators, masks, other things. What kind of innovation tips and tactics could you offer to a lot of um, industry leaders as they're trying to figure out, okay, how can I take this dilemma and how can I make it into an opportunity to both help my organization and employees and help the greater good of you know the city coming together to, to help those in need? So I actually have a great example of a small business who did exactly that. So the business is called The Shop and they are in Broad Ripple, Indianapolis, and they make t-shirts. And what they've um, done is they've actually created a t-shirt in various colors that has the Visit Indy logo on it. 
and they're selling that for a little, very low price point. I believe it's $10 and we're to pay for shipping. But if you order that, all of those proceeds will go to support those who, have, who work in our tourism industry and our hospitality industry. So that's a primary example. If you're liquid enough um, and have a large enough reserve and you can offer an opportunity to give something like that and then take those proceeds to support those who are not able to work their typical um, shifts and get that typical income, that's a great way. Um, the other thing which I just started thinking historically um, when you're talking about enacting the Defense Act and all of that is if you're in a manufacturing space, and you um, can just shift on like what products you make that might be able to serve someone in a different way. Uh, one thing is um, we were contacted by a hotel owner who said, hey, I'm closing because I'm, I don't have enough occupancy, but there's perhaps a way I can partner with the hospitals and the caregivers to offer additional bed space. So those are the types of out of the box thinking, um, shifting your industry in that way where you're still able to provide a service. And as long as you can still keep yourself afloat, that's a really great way. So I really encourage leaders like that last time that you were brainstorming with like, what, what if, you know, and you're nervous about, well, just write down the what if really, really, there is no bad idea. So that's, uh, those are some of the top examples that I've had that I hopefully are pertinent and can inspire some business leaders to think of unique and different ways to operate. So Angela, tell us some stories from the front line, just in terms of the range of emotions. I mean, obviously, we're looking for inspirational stories, but as you're fielding calls, as you're talking to Mayor Hogsett, what give us a sense of the real range of emotions out there, and and what's really what really has struck you? So I would say I've literally experienced from within the mayor's office and out in the community ranges of emotions from true optimism to kind of on the verge of panic, um, anger and frustration because um, some people are concerned about their jobs and they're still having to get out there and serve the public. They're afraid because they are the only um, provider for their children, single parents, for example, um, a little more anxiety and angst. Um, but one thing that I would say has underlined all of this, underlies all of this, is in every space, whether it's at the city or in the community, everyone seems to be able to add a little bit of levity to the situation because they realize this really will end. And if we get too anxious and negative, that actually has a negative impact on you. And so I've seen people able to laugh a little better on things that are actually really funny. Someone tripping, you know, in their house because they were being silly, trying to do a dance video or something. But being more creative and entertaining in order to keep the anxiety lower because it will peak. There are times where there are calls and meetings where the anxiety is extremely high. Um, but there's usually one person in the space who can offer either words of encouragement or some silly joke, like a knock-knock joke from when you were in the sixth grade and everybody remembers that little knock-knock joke and just enough to make everybody laugh um, to kind of relieve some of the stress. You know, one, one thing I've been emphasizing to our teams is that there's going to be a lot of universities and organizations just, just kind of paralyzed. But if we can focus come together and use this as a sort of a pause to reimagine ourselves, and, and we were talking about that earlier, 
uh, will come out stronger. At the city level, when you're sitting in the mayor's office, and, it, and, and especially with your role in economic development, how do you think this changes Indianapolis? How does Indianapolis come out stronger on the other side? Wow, that's a great question. I really think that the way we change is that everyone now has a more clear vision on how important it is for us to really really implement inclusive economic growth. I really do because the impact of this realizing that there are so many who are unable to take a part of the economy when it's healthy and therefore in a position where it's extremely detrimental to their existence now, really being able to see how critically important it is for all to be a part of a good, strong, healthy economy at the end bodes well for all. I want to speak to, you know, you were talking about the range of emotion from highly optimistic to at the verge of, you know, a, a internal collapse. Um, and so, you know, especially from, from your end and from your personal position of running in a highly stressful, highly emotional, um, you know, where it's easier, the, I should, should say the invitation that is there to want to make decisions solely on those emotional feelings. How, how can leaders manage, you know, what do you do to manage through the highly emotional moments and navigate through to make the best possible choice given the information we have? And can I add to that, especially the uncertainty, you're having to make decisions under great uncertainty, in addition to just the emotions and having to stay sharp. Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, no decision is made in a knee jerk situation. We are always working together as a team so you can get multiple voices and thoughts um, circulating in the space. When you're doing things as a team, you're more likely to get at least one person in the space to say, hey, pump the brakes. We're getting too emotional. Let's look at this logically um, and let's look at this strategically. And how do we look at this across a continuum, a timeline? You're also more likely to see other sectors or impacts on others in the community, be it business or social or what have you, social services. And so I think our greatest strength as we've been operating in the city is that no decision is made without a team looking at it, talking about it, analyzing it, strategizing. Now, granted, sometimes these, these decisions are still being made in rapid fire, but not one person has the authority to just run and make a knee-jerk reaction and decision. Because at the end of the day, as you said, if your emotion is too high and it's too negative, you may not make a good, healthy, holistic decision that better impacts our entire city and our better community. So I would say that that has been a great benefit, even during these trying times, that all of the city um, team members are really pulling together to make very sound and solid decisions and recommendations to our mayor. And with uh, a lot of the uh, business leaders and those who do listen in that are from the Indianapolis area, as we're moving through this, and I mean, everyone's learning constantly, like every single day, because this is something we've never been through. What can business leaders, what message do you have for them that how they can help you in the city and help um, rally around and make sure that, you know, we are taking care of each other as well as taking care um, of ourselves? I would say the greatest thing our business leaders can do is to remain in very steady and um, clear communication with their team members. That helps the team members understand our leader knows what's going on 
and we are all going to be okay, being a clear message, reiterating what the mayor and the governor have said, and then also encouraging your team as a leader. There are going to be um, stresses and anxieties, and so sometimes people will get anxious, and if a leader has a good, strong, calming voice, I think that alleviates the stress and anxiety of the team members. Um, in addition, just continuing to remind people of the options out there. If you are extremely liquid and you have great reserve, if there's any way to extend offering benefits to your team members, I would really encourage business leaders to do that, whether that's in the form of making sure their health care insurance is covered, any way you can do that, and or making sure that you can pay even um, a decreased amount of wage to your employees. If you can offer gift cards, um, not only to your employees, but perhaps to others in our community and maybe having a, a virtual volunteer day or a day where you're like, hey, six team members, they need help at Gleaners Food Bank, for example. The first six to respond, there's proper protocol at Gleaners, please go and volunteer your time at Gleaners. But I think a leader just taking the lead like that, whether the company has two people or 2,000 people, I think that will allay fears and be so encouraging that people know that their leader is thinking forward and continuing to pour into them and the city and the community. Angela, I, I have one question, curious. So obviously in the mayor's office, you've got a lot of resources at your disposal, you, not only tangibly, but also intangibly, right? Uh, and, and Mayor Hoxett and, your, and the team, you and your team have made such strides in, in being you know, bipartisan and, and, and sort of a really un, nonpartisan across all communities and inclusive. How much, where you sit, how much power do you feel like the city has, the city government? And in, in, in the context of not having, being able to, to move on things independently of the state or the federal government? Or do you feel so, you feel, you feel like there's that, that if the federal or the state government doesn't move in a certain direction, it really hampers your ability to do what you want to do. Sort of that tension between being able to do stuff yourself for the city, but also you're part of the state and federal system that, that really where big resources can come from, but they can be so slow to act or not specifically focused on the needs of, of, of the region. So I would say we are all uh, very lucky and blessed to have a very strong and brilliant mayor. So he is very well aware of the parameters in which he can legally operate in order to ensure that we maximize what funding could come from the state and the federal government and clearly understanding his authority. So the fact that the mayor was very early on in encouraging um, employee, employers or employees, if you can have your workforce work for home, I encourage you to do that. Recognizing that the federal funding from the disaster relief, et cetera, would have to come, but just being so smart and strategic and knowing there are options, um, a triggers for us to, levers for us to pull for the city that do not jeopardize state or federal funding, but is still within my purview. And the mayor and the city county council work very well together. And as you've seen in other initiatives, we will be bold as a city. When I say we, I mean the city administration and the city county council will be bold in efforts to protect our citizens. And we have seen that exact same strong leadership coming from our mayor and our council, which gives me great peace every day that I know that we have leaders like that. So I would say that they're moving very strategically, the leadership of the city and city county council um, and ensuring that we're 
pulling the levers that we're permitted to pull and in a time and a way that does not jeopardize anything, but is still bold leadership. Now, when we think of, you know, those who are listening that may have um, resources available, maybe they are fortunate to have a lot of liquidity on hand, maybe they're fortunate with um, high inventory of certain items, you know, what are some of the needs of the city that you would like to uh, get out there that organizations may, you know, who are just looking to, hey, we want to help, we want to give how we can, you know, what needs uh, are at a city level that they can partner with you, if, if any? So because this is driven primarily by the economy, which is commerce, so the exchange of goods and services and monies, et cetera, there's not so much directly that the city can do in that regard, except for continuing to push out the clear message of being um, health conscious, following all the health parameters. But what I can encourage is if you are uh, a tipping person or not, um, there was a website set up Venmo that's a payment app that many of those um, who live in our city who work in the service industry, they've entered their information. People can give additional tips. Um, In addition, ordering from the shop and those um, funds and proceeds will go to support those in the hospitality industry. Um, making sure you're staying keenly aware of what's going on around the city. Childcare is a very real need for those of us in our healthcare system. So the United Way of Central Indiana is leading in that because that's their specific space. So we're partnering very closely with them, but there may be ways for um, additional funds to be directed there in order to support the cost of childcare costs for our healthcare practitioners. So there isn't a specific lane that the city can do except encourage people to look on the Indy Chamber webpage, look on our um, city webpage, and if you are typically um, a giver, such as you work with any of the philanthropic organizations, look at the monies that you typically give and see how are they shifting in order to meet the needs of those in our community. Finally, as we get begin to wrap up, I want to know from, from you personally as the deputy mayor, uh, what is your message of um, optimism and hope that you want to offer to organizational leaders who are just struggling or just need a little pick-me-up uh, in this dark time? That this really will come to an end. And so I encourage all leaders to stay as positive as possible. Really look for the silver lining out there in every situation. How can you really give love and give hope? And it will come back magnified. It really will. Um, So I think that that keeping that good, positive mental health and sharing that whenever you can. And then if you have the financial means to spread a little bit of that love as well as you can. And at the end of the day, we will be able to weather the storm and be a wonderfully strong and healthy city. Again, we are so honored to have Madam Deputy Mayor of Economic Development for the city of Indianapolis, Angela Smith. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, joined by Associate Dean Phil Powell. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.